everybody skips the song Sentimental Man on the Wicked Cast recording. You know it. We know it. Mm-hmm. We're willing to wager that even Stephen Schwartz knows it. Do you think Joel Gray knows it? Connor. <laughs> Listen, just keep your thumb away from the skip button on the new podcast, Sentimental Men. Join self-proclaimed wicked aficionados, Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Legends. As they examine the musical Wicked. One of our faves. Oh. A ring of keys, even. True. So they examine the musical Wicked from Alphaba's emerald-tinted point of view. Queen. Yes. <laughs> Joined by a different actress who's performed the role in each episode. Keep up with them on their fabulous social media pages at Pod and stream their episodes wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dylan. Now back to the show. Okay. Connor lied. We aren't back to the show yet. This is Dylan flying solo, I know, jarring, to tell you all about our exclusive bonus content platform, Patreama. Drama plus Patreon is fun mini-episodes, long-form twin-talk convos, videos from our Zoom recordings, and even access to our Instagram close friends. Skip your PSL this month and subscribe to Patreama for only $5. You'll also get the scoop on our upcoming guests and maybe even some merch giveaways. All right, now back to the show for real. Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we, we talk, talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, Love and life in, in New, New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And like Kelly Clarkson's debut album, I'm feeling thankful. Yeah. <laughs> or to quote Katy Perry's single off of her album that came out this summer, <laughs> I'm so thankful. Scratch that baby, I'm grateful. Oh, wait, no, is it? I'm so grateful. Scratch that baby, I'm thankful. And her song, Smile. Do you know? To me, they mean the same thing. I know. So. <laughs> It's the same. What was she thinking? She's happy, okay? Let her be. You know, no one is talking about that album at all anymore. I'm sad for her. It's been a big year of pop music. It has. It's been huge. Anyway, Dylan, happy almost Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite times of year because of the food. Um, It's great. What What are you thankful for this year, Dylan? Well, I'm thankful for so many things, which... You know, mostly that we're we're all somehow healthy. Yeah, like it is. It's crazy to think that not a single person in our family that we know of has contracted COVID. Wow, you're right. Mm-hmm. I've not even thought about that. Yeah, that's that's so lucky. So even though we're home for the first time in our twenties, and where we were displaced from New York, and we're jobless and penniless, and okay, I feel great about myself. <laughs> uh huh. We do have. We have gotten to spend time with family, and I think that that is like what it's really all about. You're right. It's, and there's going to be a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year. I didn't think I'm it was grateful. happening. Grateful for that. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> and I'm also grateful about this news that we heard, which at this point, it might be old news. It will be but... the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a vaccine, allegedly, for COVID. Yeah. We, got, we get a new president and a new, I mean, a new vaccine. This has been every wish I've had in 2020 since March 12th or 13th. It has been mm-hmm. save us someone, Joe Biden, and save us doctors, scientists, give us a vaccine. I mean, what do you think? Do you think you'll take it, Dylan, if you have the opportunity? I know Fauci said, I mean, of course, this is coming out a couple of weeks in advance. 
you know, ahead of reporting, but that potentially we could all be vaccinated by the end of April. I know. Do you think that's realistic? Um, no. Yeah, I'm going to be positive about it. Yes, but I am no anti-vaxxer. That's right. I am no, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Who's famous? Oh, it. oh um, from she was on The View for a second. Like, yeah, that's like I'm, my no I'm no Jenny McCarthy. I'm no Jenny McCarthy. I'm no anti-vaxxer, but I'm a little cautious about it because I heard that you do experience like achiness and symptoms like that. I'll take that over COVID. Yeah, we should just ask Andrew Lloyd Webber because he was like ready and willing to take the, the vaccine. No, and he tweeted. He was like, I'm a part of this. You know, I'm going to take the vaccine if, if I get, if I'm lucky. I know you. I know you will. I'm ready. I'm ready for Pride 2021. <laughs> hitting the streets. I am ready. Slow down. Slow down. Anyway. Listen, I'm also grateful for something else. Tell me, Dylan. Our guest today. Oh, yes. We have been blessed this is actually our our second tony's lead up episode yeah that's right and last last week we had at the time of release yeah Yeah. elizabeth stanley we have a mother daughter one two punch on the pod um mother daughter as in the show they're in not literally that would have been fun if we okay (gasps) anyway anyway um okay so i'm gonna read our guest in i do because i think she had some thoughts on our conversation (laughs) yes okay (laughs) so our guest today is a 2020 Tony Award nominee and Antonio Award winner for Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Musical for creating the role of Frankie Healy in Jagged Little Pill. Recognized for her incredible talent, voice, and acting, she made her Broadway debut last year in the aforementioned Alanis Morissette musical. Past roles include Penelope Pennywise in Urinetown and Carmen Diaz in Fame, and she studied acting and film at the Barrage Conservatory in Normandy, France, with a concentration in Shakespeare. Oh my goodness. Our guest studied dance at the Alvin Ailey Institute, is a graduate of Hackley School, and is a student at Pace University in New York City, majoring in musical theater. Please welcome to drama, Salia Rose Gooding. Hi, guys. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to drama. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This has been something I've been really looking forward to and finally getting it together. I'm really happy I get to be here. Oh, that's an honor for us. We we love you. We are obsessed with you and the pleasure is all ours. <laughs> We've actually, we had a lot of Jagged cast members mm-hmm. on the pod. Actually, one of our very first guests ever was Antonio Cipriano. My sweet angel who I adore. Yes, he's, <sighs> he is the greatest he is so, so amazing, great. and we credit a lot of our early success getting off the ground to him and his rabid fans. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is a fantastic adjective. Yeah. And I was like, I'm one of them now. I mean, believe you me. Like, I had worked at 54 Below up until the pandemic, and he was just like this little breakout star of all the concerts. And now he's like a swoon-worthy leading man, which we can say that, in, on a Broadway show. It's yeah. incredible. And Celia, I would actually see you in some of the shows he would do at 54 Below as well. Like, I feel like there was a, like a high school musical one that I saw you in. Mm-hmm. What else? Were you in? Well, the first time we saw you was this Pink concert. It was 54 yes. Sings yes. Pink. Yes, I did 54 Sings Pink with Lauren Patton, who was also in the cast. But the ones with Antonio, when Antonio had his own 54 Below concert, um, I remember... <laughs> Uh, there's actually kind of a funny story about it. So um, I love Antonio. He is truly like someone who got me through the jagged process because we were both like the babies of the cast. And so 
during rehearsal when we were both in high school, there was like a certain set of hours of the day where we had to go into another room and do like tutoring and get our homework done and stuff like that. And I remember helping him with history projects. And that was like how we really bonded. Like I remember, um, he's out of high school, so I can admit this now. I did one of his history of Broadway PowerPoint projects. I love a PowerPoint. And yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, but um, when we were in rehearsal together, he knew that he had the 54 Below concert coming and he wanted me to be a part of it, but he didn't tell me because he wanted to surprise me. And um, one night we were out to dinner with his family and his dad casually mentioned his 54 Below concert. And I was so offended because I was like, how could you not tell me we're in this together? Like, we're supposed to be friends. How dare you not tell me? And he was like, well, I was going to ask you to be a part of it. And I cried because um, just another opportunity for me to get to work with him before Jagged started. I was just like, very, I was a very rabid fan. I was a very, very <laughs> rabid fan. So yeah, we did the, uh, we did his concert at 54 Below. And then, um, that was when we first, first sort of teased us doing Alanis Morissette together because before the Jagged announcement came out, me, him, and Derek Klenna did You Learn at the end of his um, concert. I remember that. So completely out of context. We didn't say anything. And then the cast announcement came up and people were like, oh my God, I saw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really cool. Oh, I love that. Now love you that. and Derek are Tony nominees. Mm-hmm. Everyone who was eligible for a Tony, like an, a performing award, was nominated from Jagged. Congratulations! Thank you. It it oh bah, 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 bah. it's <laughs> it, it's it still hasn't really hit yet because I have been dreaming of having a Tony nomination since I was like six years old when I first saw my mom get her Tony award, and so like now fourteen years later, the fact that it's like here already as like my debut, it just, it, 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 it boggles the mind. And so I'm not going to try and unboggle it. I'm just going to sit in my bogglement. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool, really exciting, deeply confusing, but I'm just taking it every day when I can. I love oh. the word bogglement, first of all. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, you deserve You're it. so deserving, so deserving. We saw Jagged back in January, and it, it was one of those moments where I, I saw it and I realized halfway through, I was like, this is my new favorite musical. Like, have you ever had that experience where you're, it's not even over yet. And you're just like, this is, this is for me. You know? <laughs> I remember at ART, cause I have that same feeling about the show. I remember at ART cause I was had like an ankle injury and I was watching the show and it was right at the end of, I think the, the order of it, it was at the end of smiling Oh. But different at ART than it was at um, on Broadway. And I remember watching Smiling and I'm like, oh, I'm a part of something really, really, really good. Yay! Amazing! <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, just amazing. And I was actually listening to the um, the cast recording yesterday and you're in all of my favorite songs on the in the show. My favorite is that I would be good. Mm. You three just... Kill it. Oh my God. Incredible. It, uh, it, that song has had such a trajectory in just like how we worked through it. Um, it originally wasn't a duo. Like at the reading that I will be good was originally Frankie's song that is done uh, before all I really want. Um, oh. yeah, it, it was originally, 
I'm exposing so much jaggedness. But <laughs> I love it. Um, Frankie is singing that I would be good while Joe is like in bed with her. Like a sl- we never really understood what was happening during that time because we didn't explore it much more. But it was originally just Frankie's song talking about her relationship with her parents and the world around her. And it like cuts off and Joe has some incredibly witty, funny, sexy anecdote. Uh-huh. Of course. As Lauren Patton tends to master. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now it's a trio and I love it. I love it. I love it. Tom Kitt put his foot in that song. He's a genius. Yeah. Was he in the room during during rehearsal or tech or anything like that? Yes. Um, he was in, He was constantly in the room. The one thing that I really, really love about Tom Kitt is that he is clearly like both a student and a master at the same time. And what, why I say student is because he just has this brain of like, what else can I add? What else can I put in here? How can I embellish this moment more? What key are we trying to do this in so that the emotion gets put across? And he's just in it and focused. And because of his myriad of awards, he's a <laughs> master at just what he does it's it's a master class watching him work he's just so excited about what he does and when that moment where we all hear something happen and we all just exhale and hoot and holler and just cheer him on it's just it's really 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 cool he's a freaking brilliant a very long way to say tom kit is doing exactly what he's supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> wait saya i'm realizing now that your mom who of course for those the uninitiated is lashans um was in another Tom Kit musical, if then. I really think that the reason why I was introduced to the show was because of their working connection. Mm. Um, Tom Kit was uh, racking his brain one night at some benefit dinner concert that they were both at. And he was like, I'm working on this show. I need unheard of black talent. And my mother being the incredible mother manager that she is was like, I have a child who may fit the bill. And he shows, uh, and she shows him a video of me singing Hotline Bling at my high school talent show. As a choice. And now we're here. Now I have a Tony nomination. That was your unofficial audition for Jagged Little Pill. It really was. And, and then they wanted me to come in. I auditioned. I sang You Ought to Know. I still have the video that I filmed in my basement. Um, and yeah, it's been wheels up ever since. Oh my God. You know what? So incredible. Not to get off topic too much, but if then I am obsessed. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Loved, loved. Your mother was incredible in it too. She, I think back that show all the time because I remember she was doing the tour of it and um, we got to, me and my sister, we got to fly down and see her and I just loved that show, it, it tickled my ADHD ridden brain in a way that just, it was like the parallel universes of it all and just like seeing the lighting changes and how that attributed to what universe, it was just, it all made me very, very, very happy. Yes. Oh, I joke that one year Connor and I should go as Liz and Beth for Halloween. Why hasn't it been done? And why don't I have pictures of it? <laughs> yes, why hasn't it been done? I, want- I think Liz wore glasses or Beth wore glasses, I don't remember. <laughs> I forget. I forget. Um, anyway, Celia, I need to ask you a question. I know we've di- we've d- dove in, dive, I don't know, into many um, topics already. But I'm wondering, are you well? Yeah, as well as I can be. And I've decided to 
stop comparing my wellness to a past version of myself that doesn't exist and a future version of myself that hasn't been determined. Ooh, chills. That I'm doing as well as I can in the middle of a, what looks like a coup and a global pandemic and a mass unemployment and just all, like the fact that I can still get up and get out of bed and be a functioning member of this crumbling society <laughs> um, is something that I have to allow myself to be proud of because thinking back of like, oh, well, I'm not doing as much as I would be doing if there weren't a pandemic. Well, there is th- that world doesn't exist right now. So mm. me comparing myself to that version of myself in a world that doesn't exist is only going to make me feel bad about my present self. And then I don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's wellness is s- subjective. And so yes. I'm doing as well as I can. And that is something worth celebrating. Oh, mm. I love that answer. You're so real. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know you're never supposed to ask a lady her age, but remind me again how, how old you are. Because it's, it's very much part of your story that you're young and uh, this is your Broadway debut and everything like that. I am 20 years old. I'll be 21 in February. Pisces Gyal. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's been a weird time. Even though I'm at like the very beginning of my 20s, I'm like... <laughs> This is not this is not what fourteen year old Celia expected twenty year old Celia to be doing. I, I, I think I'm doing her proud, so I'm just gonna keep going like this and 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 hope everything stays the way I want it to. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know what? Hopefully by February we'll have more answers on when you know Broadway's coming back officially. You know, yeah. I mean. Wait, is this going to be our new segment? Is our new segment, Will You Take the Vaccine? Why am I like so curious? Is that controversial? Is that actual drama? (laughs) That's been a topic of conversation with me and my friends of like, are we going to take the vaccine? I'm going to wait. I'm going to see how everyone else reacts to it because if people start, I don't know what, I don't know what, but I'm going to let somebody else figure that out. And then once everything is sort of relaxed and we have seen the thing and, but who knows, it may be a mandate for every actor to get a, a, oh. a vaccine so that we can all be on stage together. Um, You're right. It might be. I think so. Uh, but who knows? All I know is that in, if we get a vaccine, amazing news. Uh, if it works, even better news. It's just, it, it, my my only fear is that it may work for the people who want to get the vaccine, but then the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers, the people who are more likely than not the non-symptomatic carriers and the super spreaders are going to be the ones who are like, I don't need a vaccine. My mm-hmm. president made it through. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, little do they know he was the first person to probably get a vaccine or a vaccine-like treatment, but that is... I know. That whole thing is so fishy to me still. I truly thought he was dying. Like, that video of him... <laughs> I, I can laugh now because, you know, he is a loser, but... No, he's always been... He's, he's a reality TV host. Just as we make fun of other reality TV hosts, Donald will get the same treatment. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. He was huffing and puffing, that video of him, where he was like... <laughs> It's insane. I, it, we, I was like, this is like fully, we're living in a strange, strange time. We're living in an episode of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. It literally. Mm. We're living in an episode of Black Mirror. 
where's Ashley O on a roll? Um, <laughs> we, I, I just hope there's footage of them like dragging him out of the White House. Like things oh. I would do to be a fly on the wall in the White House right now. I'm, I, I think I saw it on Twitter. Someone was like, the Secret Service should start an OnlyFans account for like $50 just to live stream what's happening in the White House right now. <laughs> and I would pay every single penny. Oh my God. Absolutely. It would blow every other subscription service out of the water with like their same day subscribers, you know? Oh my God. Bella Thorne ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) What What does she post on her OnlyFans? It was, uh, it was some big old thing. She really ruined OnlyFans for a lot of hardworking people, which is really Mm -hmm. important. Bella Thorne is the last person who like really needs an OnlyFans. I know. My humble and significant and unasked for opinion um, I just, she, uh, sent out like this masking of like, mm, my body. And then it wasn't what it was. Yes. And she, so she got like, I think it was actually like million or millions of dollars and she tried to cash out and only fans didn't have all that money. And so everyone was like, you can only, it was some new update. I know a lot about only fans for someone who. No, no, no. <laughs> It's part of the conversation, so it's it's not strange, you know. It's it was it's in um, it's in the the, the song, Beyonce Savage song. remix. Yeah, Beyonce, yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. If Beyonce can talk about OnlyFans, so can I. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. Wow. Well, what, the reason just to circle back, the reason I asked your age is because you are so grown and so mature, and I wish that I had your perspective when I was twenty, because like that is exactly the way that we need to be handling this day by day. Is you know, we've all gone through various stages of grief and everything in the last, gosh, how many months has it been? Nine months? Eight Too months? Many. Too, Too many. many. Um, can we walk back to the day that Broadway shut down? Where were you? What was, what was the whole scenario for you? I was mid-bake. I was baking my makeup, so I looked like a tribal mask. And sitting at the top of my stairs on the phone with my stage manager, like, am I getting on the train or what's happening? Yeah. Um, Because we had a show in like, or we thought we had a show in like three hours and I'm not in the city. I'm not based in the city. So I was like, am I, am I going into Manhattan or am I not? And then like maybe five minutes before I got out of my car and onto the train, they were like, Hey, so yeah, no. Wow. Um, And I originally between the three of us and whomstever is watching at home. Um, I was at a point where I was like, okay, a two week break. I'm not mad at that. Two weeks, Same. I'll be refreshed. I'll be vocally ready. I'll, uh, I'll be sick dang. I was so ready for yes. it. And then two weeks rolled around and then it started to look like two months. And I was like, how am I gonna pay for things? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how the New York government website works. I don't know how any of that works. And it was really, this has been the longest period of time since high school, really, that I haven't like had something about the show coming really soon or at least something that I haven't, um, because there's been periods of time between like workshop and production, but like there's never been a period of time where I'm like, oh, there's just nothing really happening for a while since I was like, since I've actually started the show when I was 17. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, so you were 17. Wow. 
I remember walking through Union Square because we were rehearsing, I think it was 530 Broadway is where we were or something along those lines. I remember walking through Union Square, listening to Right Through You from the Jagged Little Pill album, walking into the room, Derek Klenna, Michael Park, Adina Menzel, Lauren Patton, Anthony Medina. Am I in the wrong space? And Tom gets like, Celia, hi. And I'm like, <laughs> you know my name. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it, I have, I still have that speechless feeling of like, who let me in here? I have deep, deep imposter syndrome that I'm working through in therapy. But um, <laughs> it, 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 I'm still very much within my bogglement, very much in there. Within the bogglement. You know, well, you are just unbelievably talented. And, and I can say that you, that you completely stole the show, like back when we saw it, 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 I don't know how you sang at the top of your voice like that every single night, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> so, see, the thing is, and I used to joke about this all the time, Frankie is a soprano. Celia Rose Gooding is not. So there was a lot of moments of like, especially in rehearsal for Unprodigal Daughter, right before we got to the end, because Unprodigal, originally, I was not lifted in the air. I was terrified of heights. I still... I'm a little terrified of heights. Um, but Larby, the choreographer, he sort of pulls me aside and is like, so at the end of Unprodigal, we're going to lift you. And I said, what? Uh, you mean at the end when I'm like screaming and having to breathe in through the soles of my feet? That's when I'm going to be in the air at the end of just like throwing my body around. That's when y'all are like, okay, cool, 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 great. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor to work with you all. I, I can't wait to see where the show goes. I was ready. Um, but no, we made it work. And I have never been vocally stretched the way this show has vocally stretched me. But then again, I haven't really actually know that's not true. You're in town was a show mm. that truly vocally stretched me. Um, but Jagged Little Pill, yeah. I'm doing a lot of stuff in that show that I did not think I was capable of doing, but 2020 has been full of surprises. Yeah. <laughs> so, so was You're in Town, was that a high school production? It was a, so yes, but it wasn't at my high school. In high school, I went to this um, theater camp club group system uh, called um, Amos. Uh, I don't remember the acronym and I'm such a bad alumni. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was there for two years. I was Pennywise in You're in Town and uh, Carmen in Fame. Fame was so, I think Fame was the show that really, really made me fall in love with musical theater. I mm. wanted to be an actor for like as long as I could possibly remember, or I wanted to tell stories and I wanted people to see me tell those stories in a really, really cool way. Um, and I wanted to do just straight acting. I wanted to do plays and TV and movies. Um, and then I always loved singing, but for whatever reason, I didn't put those two together. I don't know why. Huh. Um, but when I did fame, I was like, oh, I can do both of these and I can dance and move my body and feel amazing and also do two of my favorite things in the world. Cool. And so now I'm... I would be doing it professionally if we weren't in a pandemic, but um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, I, I have truly 
truly lucked out in my life path. Oh, I love that. Well, that kind of is a good segue into, if that isn't already your answer, we like to ask our guests about their ring of keys moment, that moment of recognition when they realized they wanted to be a part of the arts, whether it be a film they saw, you know, a performance in a show. Maybe it was seeing your mom win a Tony when you were six. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I remember, and I love telling the story because it, it gives me butterflies every time. Um, it was me, my sister, and my grandmother in this hotel room um, while my mom was accepting her Tony. And I remember she looked at it and said, I want it. Oh my God, I want it. And just this joy, I'm going to cry. This, she just had this beaming joy that like I could feel vibrating through the TV. And I remember putting both of my hands on that TV, looking at her, my grandma was so mad. She thought I was going to break that hotel TV. Um, I remember slamming both of my tiny hands on the TV and saying, I want to do that. Mm. And at the age of six, I think what I wanted to do was just to be as happy as she looked. And I wanted to be as just like, I wanted that same joy. I wanted that same like shockful joy and just, just, I wanted to vibrate that high. I wanted that frequency. And um, I chased it and chased it and chased it. And I found it doing the same exact thing that she's doing. Um, But yeah, I think that may be my moment. And I have sort of iterations of that every once in a while where I'll like see something and I'm like, ooh, that joy, whatever that joy is, I want to find that joy in whatever I'm doing. And I found it on stage and I found it in theater and in the theater community. Uh, Theater in high school was my safe space. Mm -hmm. I went to a predominantly white high school. I did not have a lot of friends of color. I did not have a lot of theater friends. Um, And I went through like this really weird mental health moment of my life where I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I got nervous because everyone else I felt like had something that they wanted to do. And I like, I wanted to do the song and the dance, but I didn't think that was actually going (laughs) to go anywhere. I just remember like doing it at summer camps and summer camps don't pay the bills. (laughs) Um, So I was really, really lost. And then I found theater. And my high school teacher, his name is Willie Teacher. That is the name on his driver's license. Um, Oh my God. He was the one who was just cracked my mind open of what I'm capable of. My um, dad passed when I was one and he really became like a powerful, successful, kind, supportive black male figure in my life. And it was also, he was the one who was like shepherding me through my career. He, when I got nominated, he was one of the first few people I called. Um, he had, he, I'm, I will cry. He is someone who I am deeply, deeply indebted to. When in school teachers were like, I don't know if she has the right to leave for three months during her senior year because she wants to go do this little show. And Mr. Teacher was like, y'all let this girl go because Mm. if things go well, everyone's gonna look to you. So just trust me, trust her. We know her grades are a little shaky. Let's just, (laughs) but let her go. And he, yeah, I really, 
I owe a lot, if not everything, to him. Oh, he sounds incredible. He's the freaking best. He's the best dude. And what an amazing, I feel like oftentimes educational systems get a little bit stuck in what they think the path should be and how wonderful for him to want his student to succeed so much that he's like, you know what? Who cares? The school will happen. The learn- she'll be making PowerPoints for Antonio Cipriano in a few months anyway. So exactly. you got, she's got to follow this path. And that is just beautiful. Arts educators in general, just, they deserve, they deserve so much more than what we give them. Totally. So they deserve so much more than what we give them. Oh my God. Well, and then you ended up going to France to study. Yes, I'm actually, uh, I didn't even play it, but I'm wearing my uh, Barrage uh, merch right now. Um, It was this conservatory program in uh, France. I was taking French in high school, so I really wanted to like go somewhere that I could use that. I don't know where my French education is now, but it's definitely not in here. Uh, But... Yeah, I went for two years. The reason why I couldn't go the third year was because I was getting ready to work. Um, but that was where I fell in love with writing. I, it's where I fell in love with, I've always been in love with Shakespeare, but like going to Normandy and getting a group of faculty together that was not from America or they just have a, a different way of approaching theater in Europe, in the UK, Europe. Yeah. Um, I, there's that American education coming in. There it is. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, it is, it was my safe space. That was a place where I would just jet off to away from my family and just fall in love with art and be around other kids. But, um, people who just really, 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 really wanted to do it and wanted to do it authentically and in a community where, it was just arts. A lot of us went to academically enriched schools and athletic enriched schools, but like it was a group of kids who didn't really have a lot of arts back home and really, really wanted to fall into it on their own time and in their own headspace. And yeah, I learned so much about myself and as an a creative and less like just like a singer or a dancer or an actor, but just like someone who really, really loved all aspects of the arts and wanted to like sort of dip my toe in everything I could. And so, yeah, I still have like short scripts that I wrote for like little things that I wanted to produce. (laughs) God, Um, just stuff that I wanted to do. And Barrage was the place that I could do that free of judgment and, um, the mantra of that space is you are enough. I am enough. And that was really the first time my little black self had ever heard that. And so going to a space and feeling like I don't have to put anything on or like I I don't have to overexert myself to be worthy. That was very new. And a huge Mm. part of me starting work so young was realizing that I on my own and in myself am enough at all aspects. Even when I don't feel like I'm at my best, I am enough. Even when I am cracking on stage and tripping over my shoelaces and not getting the choreography, I am still enough because I'm doing it. And it's because that was what the universe has told me that I got to do. So if the universe believes in me and if everyone around me believes in me, how dare I not believe in myself? That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, that's something that I really, it, 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 I, I, part of me always knew that, but hearing it 
as a voice that's not one of the 80 in my head, it, it felt really, really good. That is amazing. That's so beautiful. I think we all could, could learn from that. Forget Emily in Paris. We've got Celia in Normandy. Have you watched Emily in Paris? I haven't, simply because the, I, the, when I, I love Netflix, don't get me wrong, um, and I'm sure it's a fantastic show, but the idea of someone who knows no French booking a gig with some major French company, just something about it, I was like, I can suspend disbelief to a certain level, but this, it's like the distracting thought of like, this could never happen. Yeah. Never happen. I just, I, I wanted to get into it, but I couldn't. But I'm sure there are millions of other people who love the show. So regardless <laughs> of what I think. I secretly loved it. And Good. even though I- It's wacky. It's wacky. It's wacky. Oh, it's so wack. But Netflix, Netflix tweeted the other day that it's actually not called Emily in Paris. It's supposed to be said, Emily in Paris. Like it's supposed to rhyme. I don't think that's true. Isn't that wild? Um, it makes sense. I just, I, I wish anyone communicated that before <laughs> the fact, because then maybe people would be on the same page. Right. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't see why not. I know. Well, okay. So you're talking about your high school experience. I can't help but see some parallels between what you were experiencing and then what Frankie experiences in Jagged Little Pill. How cosmic is that? That's absolutely wild. That's part of the bogglement, I think. I, I've just started incorporating this word as if it's real. Um, it's the title of the episode. Let's that's, that's just yeah, be honest here. Yeah. The, the bogglement. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so much of the show or so much of Frankie's life informed me as I informed it. I feel like uh, uh, I started the show playing the same age as Frankie. So I was 17 playing a 17 year old in a predominantly white space, not really knowing much about her blackness and her queerness and her activism. Ness. Ooh. Uh, just the layers of that. I didn't really have an understanding of, but I, un but I, as I was learning to fall deeper into Frankie and falling into someone who has a certain level of understanding of their blackness and of their queerness and of their activism, it couldn't help but inform me on my relationship with my blackness and my queerness and my activism. Yeah. It, 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 we grew together and I really, a, a level, like the confidence that I may or may not be portraying, um, the confidence that I have built together, the awareness of self, my emotional clarity, my activism, my outspokenness, a lot of it is because Frankie gave me the permission to explore that. I never really had a space where I could just be that incredibly outspoken, aware, intelligent, badass black woman, because I didn't feel like I could take up that space in my predominantly white, out, out, whatever was going on out here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was such a huge part of it. And now I can take this confidence that is my own and use it to further inform this character and then inform other young black women who come and see the show and see themselves in this character or see parts of themselves that they want more in their life in this character. And just as I give permission as an actor to other black women, Frankie's character absolutely gave permission to me. 
Oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that's what I say all the time. It's the bogglement. If the universe said, here, go tell your story because your story matters to a bunch of people eight times a week and they're going to pay you to do it. And then you're going to get nominated for a t- like you, your, st- the universe has made it very clear to me that my story matters. And now that I'm aware of that, the fact that I can go out and tell a group of people who don't really hear often that their story matters, the fact that I can do that. And I have like people in my phone of like, Hey, you inspired me to come out to my parents. You inspired me to start this uh, group at my school to talk about um, systemic racism in the, in uh, in school. It was just all of that. I, I really do feel like what's going on with this character and me in this show is the works of something much, much greater than myself. That's oh. so powerful. I was, yeah, I meant to ask about the fan reaction and do you, do you have a lot of people, well, I guess when the stage door was happening or now it's online who, who also found their story mattered? Yeah. It, I, Oh, I remember one girl specifically, a little girl could not be older than like eight. Um, She saw the show with her parents and I was so nervous at the beginning because I saw her and I was like, there is a baby here. (laughs) We have to change the show. There's a child here. Um, And I remember at the end, she was just like shaking and her parents were pointing at me and I was like, hey, what's up? Um, and uh, turns out she was herself a transracial adoptee, uh, uh, figuring it out at what at the age of eight, because as black women, we are forced to figure out life at a really young age. Um, she was just overjoyed to see her story on stage of value and and worthy of two and a half hours of someone's time and more than that worthy of conversation worthy of praise and at the end I remember they were like packing up the the stage door everyone was gone they were like saying Celia please go home so we can go home. <laughs> uh, her name was London I believe I was talking to this girl and her parents and just like talking to her and and, and just connecting with her because I'm not an adoptee and so I had a lot to learn from her and she hadn't really seen a lot of incredible black woman stories on Broadway because she's a child. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it it just, the idea that I can have an impact and any of that is incredible. It reminds me of this quote that someone shared with me at the end of a talk back at ART. And I'm so grateful for this person because what they said has stuck with me since they said, be the person you needed when you were younger. Mm. And the fact that I could see my younger self in this little girl and be that person that I desperately needed, it just, it, it, it meant everything to me. And I'm still so grateful. And every once in a while, I'll get a DM from someone who finds themselves in Frankie or sees themselves in the world of Jagged Little Pill and is like, hey, you may not even read this, you may not even see this, but like, thank you for what you're doing. And those messages get me through the days where I don't think I'm doing the right thing. Wow. That is amazing. And I have to say, like, I, you know, people say a lot of things about, oh, should, you know, celebrities or, you know, whomever be so vocal about their personal life or their political views, their activism. But everything you're saying to me is, is 100% a proof that we should all use our voices for the things that we are passionate about because there are young black queer 
girls out there who are seeing your social media, seeing your performances, and they, they, it's like you said, you've given them permission to express that themselves online. And it is really just so important. And I thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's super important for everyone to see themselves in many, many places. It's important for young black people to see themselves in positions of power in the arts, in athletics and academics, in business and media. And it's just important, especially as a black woman, for me to be a person who can represent my community well, and also be someone that they can look up to, even though half of us are like the same age. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just, it's, any opportunity to uplift my community and do right by my community is, is one that I will seek out with every atom of my person. It, it, it is, it's deeply important. My ancestors did the same thing for their communities and they have given me an opportunity to do the same. And I will not, I will not, I will not disappoint them. I refuse. Oh, you are amazing. You haven't, you have not. And, and, you know, especially now that we have this, you know, Connor and I call it the post George Floyd America with this reckoning that's happening. I feel as though you're going to be just one of the leading voices in the Broadway community as, as we come back and we need to implement the changes that we talked about all summer. Mm-hmm. And that some people, you know, the election came and people might've forgotten about everything that was happening, but we can't forget about it. The work, no, this needs to be the change. And- now, especially with this election, I have seen some like really upsetting stuff on Facebook, but I feel like all the upsetting stuff <laughs> on Facebook, um, of just people saying like, racism is over. And I'm like, huh? No. And, and so with the election, fantastic. The evil man is out of office. Great news. Now we <laughs> have someone who we can actually like possibly move in a direction of what we're looking for. i feel like we all forgot that Biden was not like, hooray. It was like, not Trump. Hooray. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, and so now we have an opportunity to have someone in office who like actually is willing to hear from the people, which is great news. Yeah. But now we can actually really do the work. We can now put our feet in the ground. We can get our communities together and say, what do we want how do we get it and who are we reaching out to that will hear us and how do we elect officials into our local into our local government and have them be people who are willing to hear from us and willing to actually make changes when they are asked for and so yes the summer was tough yes it was hard yes it was uncomfortable but the only way it's going to be less uncomfortable is if we actually face it and we yes. actually identify it for what it is and see it in the many ways that it, the ways that systemic racism has rooted itself in just the fabric of this country. Now we have an opportunity if we just do the sticky work, if we just do it, um, mm-hmm. we can create a really, really safe place for a lot of people who need safety in order to contribute to the world what they can. It, 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 it all makes sense when you think about it, just allowing a space for everyone to do what they can without fear of racism, without fear of sexism, without fear of homophobia, without fear of transphobia, without fear of xenophobia. Once we create a space like that, then we can say that we are the country that a lot of people like to say that we are. 
when we're truly not. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited for the, for the social justice work that we're about to do. It's yes. Tough, but it, it's going to be worthwhile so that I can feel safe here, so that my sister can feel safe here, so that my friends can feel safe here, so that we all can feel safe here. Like, I, it, it, it's about time for everyone mm-hmm. to feel safe, not just a select few group of people who don't really care about anybody else but themselves and their friends. Right, right. You said it's it like you best. Said earlier. You're you're not you're you're not gonna um, disappoint your ancestors. So thank no, you. I, refuse. <laughs> I don't have the time for that. I, I don't. That's yeah. not the agenda. I checked my calendar, and disappointing the ancestors is just not on here. And I am booked, so I can't fit it in. But thank you for asking. Uh, where yeah. do you feel? Where did you? Where did you get this this um, conviction? Where do you think that that came from? Um, my mom. Mm-hmm. Probably. My mom raised me and my sister practically on her own. Um, and she was always outspoken. She was always fighting for me and my sister, even when my sister and I thought she was going to ham. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my mother was just this example of grace and honesty and confidence and security of the self. She was the one who was like, you, she, she was the one who told, who gave me this incredible metaphor of like, you, you are a rose. Sometimes people just don't like roses. That doesn't mean that you are not the best goddamn rose you can be. So wow. don't try and turn yourself into a daisy because one, you can't do that. And two, you're denying yourself of your wonderful red petals and your beautiful thorns and all like you have to embrace what you are so that when you are at that highest level and vibrating at such an incredible high space, that's when other people and other roses can see that and say, well, that rose is doing it. What? I'm going to go be with the roses yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna with the daisies and the tulips and the peonies when they ain't looking for me. I'm going to go be with the roses. And so, mm. yeah, she was the one who told me that like, as a black woman, there are going to be people who just don't want to hear from you. And there are going to be people who just don't want to be around you. And there are going to be people who just may not be a fan of yours. And it is not your job to appease them because you're never going to get it. And you're always going to be kicking yourself. So go be around people who want to be around you and want to hear from you and support you and lift you up when you're down and remind you of your incredibleness. And she was the one who was that person. And she was the one who also introduced me to a lot of those people. I mean, Tom Kitt, hello. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was, she's the one who constantly reminds me that I am limitless. I can do all things that I set my mind to simply because I am, and to bring it back to the universe, I am a part of the universe and the universe mm-hmm. is all things. So how dare I not include that in myself? Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, she sounds like an amazing mom. She's the best. She's, she's <laughs> a lady. She's, she is one of my best friends. She is my manager. She's my confidant. She is my, like, she is everything I want to be and everything I hope to find in myself. I, I love my mom. I love my mom. Oh, I love her. I'm thankful for her too. Wait. Okay. So as we're wrapping up before we get to no. our, our last segment, I know, I know before we get to our last segment, I need to ask, and I don't know if you're allowed to say or not, but will we be seeing you in the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade tomorrow? 
Yes. Um, The announcement just came out, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be doing um, the Macy's Day Parade and something else very, very cool that I've been asked not to talk about, but it's not, the the Macy's Day Parade is not the only thing you'll be hearing about from Jack of the Pill. Ooh, love it. Oh my God. Amazing. I can't wait. Well, we love we love Jagged so much, and so we we just need as much content as we can right now. It's coming, it's coming. <laughs> All right, so as we're wrapping up, we like to end on a dose of drama, which is you know maybe some piece of pop culture we've been consuming something going on in the world, maybe something personal, anything at all. We've had, you know, people reveal that they're in relationships. We've had people, you know, you know, rail against the Grammys before. So we really, it's an open field here. And I think I'm going to kick it off today because, you know, I I tend to give recommendations or talk about, you know, a cute boy I have a new crush on or something, but... Today, I need to, to make a sad confession, and I'm looking for advice from the two of you, from our listeners, but, you know, I, I've had a lot of free time since March, and I've had all the time in the world, even, you know, even, all the time, and I've only read two books this whole year, and listen, I, I'm, I'm disappointed because I love to read, but my brain just will not let me focus on a great book. I don't know. Oh, I just, all I can do is watch reality TV. And I am like so upset because I have all these amazing books sitting behind me. I mean, I have all of them here. I've got, you know, I've got Michelle Obama's book, which has been collecting dust since last Christmas. I have um, Patti Lapone's book. I'm, there are all these great, norm, the book version of normal people, all these different things that I need to crack into. And I'm feeling dramatic about it because I am ashamed of myself and I need to get, I need to get moving to read some books before the end of the year. I could not agree more. I wish I could say that I've read two books since March. I don't think I've even read two magazines. since <laughs> March. Uh, But I have also been consuming a lot of reality television and Although I do not have any book recommendations for you, I have a little nugget of something that I tell myself whenever I beat down on myself for not doing more. Um, Remind yourself that you're in the middle of an unprecedented time. Remind yourself that you have never experienced something like this before. So trying to do something normal or beating yourself up for not doing something that you would want to do if you were out of this time, you gotta say, hold on. I'm managing, I'm doing what I can. And if I gotta let this book sit in the dust for a little while longer, the book is always gonna be here, but my sanity isn't. So if I'm gonna beat myself up over not reading a book, I'm gonna just let that book chill, I'm gonna be kind to myself, and I'm gonna watch another season of Love Island. Because that's what gives me peace. And I deserve peace right now. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. That's what I tell myself, at least, as I'm watching another rewatch of Vampire Diaries. I'm like, I should probably contribute something. I love Vampire Diaries. (laughs) I love Vampire Diaries. I only watched it through all the way one time though. Should I go back and revisit it? Yes. It it is my comfort show. It's the show that reminds me of like, oh, remember when I was in high school thirsting over (laughs) and Selma Hender and everything was just easy. Remember that? So are you team Damon or Stefan? I'm team Bonnie. Oh, you know what? She she was done so dirty over and over she again. Was done. Oh, so dirty. Sad. But, yeah, I love her. Cat Cat Graham. She's yeah. fierce. I between the three of us and the audience at home, um, mm-hmm. 
I, the reason why, like, I'm such a crystal baby, I love my tarot cards, I love my books and my journals and my grimoires. The reason why was because I was like, Pat Graham and Bonnie is such a badass. Yes. I want to be a badass. So I now have <laughs> a giant cabinet full of crystals. And now I have a deep love for all things metaphysical. But Bonnie Bennett was sort of like one of the few sparks that really got me into yeah. it. That Tumblr phase that we don't have enough time. <laughs> we've, all got, we've all got one. Don't, no shame. You know, I never watched Vampire Diaries, but I would often come home to find Connor watching it. And so I was on the periphery. Did you ever watch the spinoff series? The series? Mm-hmm. No, I never did, but my mom swore by it and she didn't even know it was a spinoff. I was like, are you watching oh, the original? Wow. She's like, you know this show? I was like, yes, it's from the Vampire Diaries. She goes, those are the same? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that show that you tell me that I have to watch anything else from, this is from the same group. Literally. So much better than me. <laughs> oh, how fun. Oh my God. I'll do my dose of drama real quick. It is a TV show recommendation on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. And I feel like everyone has watched it already. The chess one? Yes. I have to. Oh, my goodness. It's only seven episodes. It is Anya Taylor-Joy, who is in like a lot of thriller movies. She was in Split um, and the New Mutants movie, which was maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I still enjoyed it. Um, She is absolutely incredible. It is some of the best TV I've ever seen. I never knew chess could be so thrilling. And the amount of emotion she is able to display with saying so little words is a masterclass. It is so brilliant. I really recommend it. Yeah. Okay. I'm adding it to the list. Yeah, you've got it. It's only seven episodes. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I like I like a short and sweet Netflix series. Just something mm-hmm. that I can watch and not get bored of and just bookend it. I adore that. Yes. Uh, my dose of drama. I feel like I... Ooh, actually, it's not... I mean... It still counts. It's this um, Spotify play. He makes playlists uh-huh. on Spotify. I want to make sure that I get the right one because he, uh, I've been literally only these playlists. It's called Mintage Radio um, on Spotify. He only has like six playlists and all of them slap. I love neo soul, R and B, hip hop, jazz, alternative kind of vibes. And he has like three playlists for three distinct moods that I find myself falling into on any given day. And they have just been like the soundtrack of my, they're all like nine hours long and they're, they're really <laughs> cool. So Mintage Radio on Spotify, shout out to whoever you are. I found you on TikTok. Um, shout Amazing. out to TikTok. <laughs> Amazing. Seriously. Oh my God, Celia, we have had a blast. Thank you so much for doing this with us. For real, for real. Of course, this has been the highlight of my day. I wish we could talk for like eight more hours. I know. But I'll just have to come back another time. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you always have an open invitation to come back because I want to talk about your crystals and all of that because it's something that I am so fascinated by mm-hmm. and, and tarot and everything like that. But that's for another podcast. Another Congratulations one. on your Tony nomination. I am so excited for you. It's the first of many. It's, it's just the way that it is in your family. And <laughs> Connor and I will be following you forever, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Thank you. We're rooting for you on the Tonys whenever they may happen. Yep. Who, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All I know is that I have a nomination and can't nobody take that from me. So whenever the Tonys happen, all I know, all I know is that I got one. That's all. That's what I've been telling myself of like, don't worry about when the Tonys are happening. 
you're going to have a nomination regardless. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what the, the <laughs> positive note I'll end on. <laughs> Love it. Well, everyone should, of course, follow you. I just want to make sure I get these right. So you're at Celia R. Gooding on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm Celia R. Gooding on everything. Yes. Are you on TikTok as well? I am. I'm also Celia R. Gooding, but I, I only post moody covers of songs that I find and melodies that I can't get out of my head. So, so that's what I want, though. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, there's the, the most recent one of there is me in a giant hoodie, and I was so sad. So I covered, um, uh, I put best part over um, My Future by Billie Eilish. It's just something to do. Just something Ooh, to do. Just something to do. That's a mood. Mm-hmm. Love, love. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everybody. Follow at the Drama Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And we haven't gotten a review in a while. I'm sad. I'll leave a review. Damn it. (gasps) See? There we go. I'll leave a glowing review. Yes. Oh my God. We appreciate you and we appreciate your time. And I hope that everyone looks at your social media to keep up with everything and also your playlist that you suggested. And should everyone should buy the Jagged Little Pill cast recording because it is the moment. And the book. And the table and the coffee table book that's coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Love it. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Ah. Thank you so much, both of you. This is such a joy and a light during all of these scary, sad, confusing times. So the fact that y'all are churning out awesome, incredible, uplifting content is a testament to you both. And I'm incredibly grateful for you. Thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. All right. Well, Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.